It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome back to the Overnight Crowd. Of course, the Tuesday into Wednesday show, we're doing our winner and margin across the show, taking in the game Sydney versus Richmond on Friday. So use the text line 0433 98 11 16 to keep putting your tips, winner and margin through or call through on 1300 736 736. But right now, we're going to look at AFL from a couple of different angles as we've got Jasper Chelipar from the Inner Sanctum joining us once again on the Overnight Crowd. Jasper, thanks for jumping on. Always great to chat with you, Jen. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Uh, look, it's been one of those oh, 24 to 48 hours where once again, a lot of the storyline's been dominated by umpire chat. What have you made of it all? Yeah, I know. It's not my favourite topic, but I think it's just, if we're talking about the umpires, then we should be talking about AFL House. It's it's the hardest game in the world to umpire from mm. you know, my perspective. I was actually at Big Park tonight, Jen, where I was watching a, a group of kind of young umpires running laps, training um, their different positions and switches across the ground. And, and some of them were doing centre bounces in the middle as well. It's just a regular kind of Tuesday night for them in terms of their training because they train like AFL teams um, and they, they put in that amount of work and, they, they want to do the job to the best of their abilities. And right now, AFL House isn't doing much for them in terms of helping them perform um, each week. I think it's completely fine to critique an umpire performance, and I definitely do as well, um, as we do with players and coaches. But if you actually, if you get to the point of abuse, which I think some of um, the chat about female umpires in particular has got to over the last couple of weeks, if you think you can kind of do better, uh, we'll get down to your local club and, and do it because right now, you know, there's been huge shortages of umpires across um, the country because we, we're not getting uh, any love for them at all. There's just been so much abuse. It's not a desirable job to be doing right now, and especially not a desirable do- job to be volunteering for um, mm. at the lower levels. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're talking about umpires, but I think we really should just be talking about AFL House because, these are split decisions that they have to be making them. They have to run, you know, kilometres and kilometres and, and they deal with the abuse from the sidelines. Whereas Brad Scott and the decision makers at AFL House, they're not helping umpires. They're not helping the fans or, or the game at all, in my opinion, right now with these um, decision making that, that almost, it feels like they've drawn a bit of inspiration from Rugby Union where even in that code where the, the culture is vastly different from the AFL over the last 150 years, they don't penalise a player to the levels of the, you know an equivalent 50-metre penalty for, for dissent or for raising their arms above their head after a decision. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that um, AFL House has, has gone to these levels and um, making umpiring so different um, year by year. That's true. It's almost like we're hindered in the fact that the you've got free kick or a 50-metre penalty. There's... There's no additional area in between that that makes a stronger statement than just a free kick but doesn't give away 50. 
Yeah, 100%, Jen. And, you know, we saw that in the 80s um, when Kevin Sheedy's Essendon side kind of started to give away these 15-metre penalties um, to slow the ball down. Uh, they obviously went to 50 metres after that. But there's somewhere, there's a sweet spot in the middle um, that I think is about correct. Um, I know we don't want to be subjective with our umpiring, but even, you know, from going for a, from a, a serious offence to, to, a, to a dissent and, and having an umpire, you know, subjectively decide if it's a 15 to 50 metre penalty for that, um, I think that's also um, a decent idea to implement from next year on. But I think somewhere around the 30 metres would, would be about right. Yeah, I think that's well worth being discussed and trialled, I guess, where there's an option to trial it. Let's do it, whether that's the state leagues. Uh, I don't know. We've got to have something done there. Now, a couple of injuries across the weekend, of course, but one that made everyone, I think, hold their breath was Rory Thompson when he went down and had uh, what looked to be another serious knee injury. It looks like they've confirmed it's meniscus. He has gone under the knife to fix it up, but not as serious, hopefully. Yeah, some lateral meniscus there. And it was a very scary hold-your-breath moment, as you said, Jen, over the weekend. Uh, thankfully, it's all good because he's just come back from that ACL and he's just had the most horrid injury run over the last three or four years. And he was a you know an integral piece for, for the Gold Coast Suns about five years ago. And we just haven't seen him out there. And alongside Sam Collins, um, that's actually you know a pretty pretty good defensive duo to, to allow Charlie Ballard to play a little bit smaller than he has across his career. Um, hopefully he can get back next year. I know uh, there's going to be some doubt about his future with the Suns at the very least, but, but hopefully um, he can get back because key position defenders are so hard to find mm. these days. And, and a good one like Rory Thompson, I'm sure will be of value um, if he does uh, move on from the Suns at the end of the year. And on Tuesday night, we had uh, the tribunal case heard and it looks like the, the two weeks the chicken wing tackle um, from Switkowski from Fremantle. Uh, he pled guilty, and I believe if he pl- pled anything other than guilty, it might have been more of a penalty. Uh, seems to probably be about right, although, again, over in the West here today, fair bit of conversation about um, that tackle and, and the response to that. Yeah, it felt yeah, – it wasn't fun watching that one, was it, Jen? It was, I saw it in real time and, and noticed he was kind of pulling his arm back and he was kind of shouting in – Ginnivan's face a little bit as well because I think you know previously um, Jack Ginnivan had tried to draw that high free kick as he does um, and, and you know the sweet casting tackle was fantastic until he started wrenching his arm behind his back which is you know pretty pretty gross scenes and I think two weeks is about right um, we've seen the ones with Chris Judd where he got four weeks back in 2012 I want to say um, and there's been fines as well so in between I think two weeks is about right. Yeah, enough of a deterrent. Hopefully we don't see it. It's something that in the NRL, those chicken wing tackles seem to all of a sudden be everywhere. There was the, the I can't remember what they called it, but there was the leg version that was pretty nasty as well, um, all these sort of ways, but a different format of tackling than what you're after in the AFL. So I, I think um, he seems like he was pretty remorseful about the action. And as you said, maybe sitting in between fines and four weeks, two weeks might be about... Right. Now, the other story that came across Tuesday as well, North Melbourne, um, with everything happening to them on field, there's been some resignations off field. What do you think this is going to do to them in the short or long term? Well, I think there's, this is, you know, there's more to play out here. Not, uh, it's not just simply three, you know, big kind of heads resigning at the exact same time. Um, It's, it's just before the mid-season draft with so their head of recruiting. Um, it, it's a very, very, very 
interesting situation for, for North Melbourne's recruiting department. And I think there is potentially fractures um, with uh, the head coach and the playing group, which has been talked about already. But um, having you know, these, these senior heads actually depart the club, maybe they've been leaking some stories to the media and they've just found out, the football department has just found out about that. Or um, I think a more likely scenario is that there's just they're at odds about their recruiting right now and, and they're not happy with their recent draft hauls. I know Will Phillips over Logan McDonald is the big talking point, but there's been others as well. And Jason Horn Francis was the obvious pick at one. But apart from that, you know, you're struggling to find a really good selection um, since they took Nick Larkey late in uh, the draft, I think, in 2016. So it's it's a really crossroads kind of a time for North Melbourne. If they dig in deep with, with Noble and, and hopefully figure things out, I think that's the best course of action. But there's also stuff that needs to change within the club, obviously, and, and they're not happy within the four walls right now. No, not happy at all from the way it comes across. Uh, moving on to nicer storylines here. Let's look at the Rising Star nominations. And I'm interested in your opinion. Obviously, we get a weekly Rising Star nomination, of which it's Joel Jeffrey from the Gold Coast, the Gold Coast forward, um, after his outstanding round 10. But do you have, in your opinion, an outstanding or the Rising Star at this point in the season? I think it's uh, I think it's John Newcomb, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's actually that close right now I know that might be a bit contentious from some Pies supporters and maybe some Don supporters but John Newcomb is probably second in Hawthorne's best and fairest behind James Sicily and he's actually outplaying all of their midfielders right now including Jake Romero, Tom Mitchell, um, James Warple who got dropped on the weekend so you know for, for where he's come from steady rise um, since being drafted in the mid uh, mid-season draft last year I think it's been pretty exceptional to watch him. He, he's a contested bull. He's got an incredible fend-off. Uh, and I think his kicking is the thing that's really improved out of sight before our eyes. Um, he obviously trains really hard and he just plays at another level to some of his teammates out there. So Newcomb's definitely my choice. I think Nick Martin is probably second to Darcy Parrish in the Don's BNF as well. Um, and then we've also got the trio of Nick Dacos, Jason Ong Francis and Josh Rochelle, who are all incredible talents. You know, those 18, 19-year-olds who are kind of the, the more pure um, rising star candidates, I guess, mm. uh, hitting that rookie wall a little bit over the last couple of weeks. But, you know, Dacos could easily accumulate his way to the rising star award by the end of the season because it, it's impossible to, to not see him out there impacting the game positively. He's an absolute superstar wherever he's playing for, for the Pies. Jasper, before I let you go, I know you're a massive NBA fan as well. What's your take on where the playoffs are at very quickly at the moment? Uh, you had... Celtics level up the series with the Heat with 102 to 82 um, victory. We know we've got Mavs playing Warriors, and the Mavs have to win, or that series has been swept by the Warriors. What are you What are you thinking at the moment? Yeah, it'd be nice if we got a, a decent game in this Miami Boston series. There's just been four blowouts basically, mm. uh, which is a bit unprecedented considering it's two two in the Eastern Conference Finals. So hopefully we get some uh, a bit of health as well. I know Jimmy Butler's under the weather. I know Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart missed, um, uh, as well as Robert Williams. I think if if they're both healthy, it's one hell of a series that goes seven games. And I think Boston should eventually prevail from that. I think there's a bit too much star power there for, for the Miami Heat to deal with. But on the other side, um, the Gold State Warriors have been absolutely amazing. And, and to watch Steph Curry through this at 34 years of age um, is, is pretty special. I think I have to pinch myself every now and then, um, considering I've, I've been lucky enough to watch his entire career, basically. So hopefully uh, we'll see a good finals contest. But right now, 
both sides of this. It hasn't been fantastic contests, unfortunately. No, it's not been as mouth-watering as we probably would have hoped at this stage of the year, but hopefully we what we do end up is the actual um, playoff series being phenomenal, whoever makes it through. But at the moment, it looks like Warriors to make it through and unknown, but you're saying Celtic on the other side of it. Jasper, thanks so much for your time tonight. It's always great to have you as part of the overnight crowd. Always a pleasure, Jen. Do you want my tips before we uh, finish off for Friday night? Please. I th- I'm going to take Sydney by a goal, but Richmond was absolutely amazing at Dreamtime, the G. I thought they were completely clinical, and actually the umpires were a bit favourable towards the Dons. Um, and just quickly, on Sir Doug Nichols' round, um, that Richmond kind of war uh, dance or mm-hmm. you know, whatever you call it at the start was my highlight of the week. Watching that live was absolutely amazing, goosebump stuff. So, um, you know, Richmond always does that stuff really well. And, and right now they've got a great team um, firing on all cylinders. There you go. So Sydney by six for you with the winner and margin, though. And I agree. I had the war cry as one of my moments of the weekend as well. It was so special. Uh, looking forward to the second part of Sir Doug Nichols' round uh, coming up this weekend. Thanks, Jasper, once again. Always a pleasure, Jen. Jasper Chalapar joining us from the inner sanctum to look at all things AFL and touching on, of course, NBA because he's a massive, massive fan there as well. Stick around here, Overnight Crowd. It's time for your calls and your texts when we return. one 736 736 and 0433 98 11 16. You know the numbers. Get in touch. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.